Once again, a special welcome to everyone this morning, especially all those who are out of town visiting, who came in for the Aggie Ring celebrations, for those weddings. Um, especially a special welcome to all of our students. Maybe some of you, this is your first time at St. Mary's. We always hope that you feel comfortable coming to worship with us on this Sunday. It's a packed house that even after the St. Mary's squeeze, we still have people standing in the back, which we, means we need that new church to keep building up, right? So we, we got the new crane, the big crane that's going to start putting those steel beams up on the concrete that we poured a couple weeks ago. And... It's definitely decked out with a beautiful Vatican City flag on top and also an Aggie flag. So it's uh, perfect for the Aggie Catholics to have those two flags up there. So uh, it's a great, great students. Hopefully when you come back from Christmas, you're going to see the full skeleton of the church up with all the beams and to see already the beauty that it will be in a new home for all of us. So you'll have a little bit of elbow room during Mass. But firstly, this morning, you know, I'd like to use my invisible handy-dandy liturgical GPS to help us of where we are right now in the liturgical season and where we're going as a church. Recognizing, you know, the liturgy, so the Mass particularly, is the center of our worship as Catholics, the center of our spiritual life. Now, my dad will probably give me a hard time for saying liturgical GPS instead of a liturgical map, because I don't know if any of you can relate from your parents or your grandparents, but giving you a hard time for using GPSs instead of maps these days. Hashtag millennials and Gen Z, right? <laughs> All right, so this is the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, which means we're almost done with the Catholic liturgical year. So next Sunday is the Solemnity of Jesus Christ, the King of the Universe, which I'm definitely still waiting on Marvel to make that a movie title sometimes. <laughs> and then after Christ, the King of the Universe, comes the first Sunday in Advent. It's coming up quick, which that begins our new liturgical year. So liturgical year, you probably know this, uh, maybe some of you, if you didn't grow up as cradle Catholics, might not know, but there's seasons in our calendar year. So just like we have fall, spring, summer, winter, you know, instead we have Advent, Christmas, Lent, Easter, ordinary time. It's a way of giving us a sense of where we're at and, and kind of flowing with Jesus in his gospel message and the good news and journeying him without the year, particularly in the liturgy. So because we're ending the year, you know, that's why our readings today focus more on the end times, which then will lead us into Advent, which is a season of preparation, similar to the season of Lent, which is also a preparation. Lent is preparation for Easter, whereas Advent is a preparation for Jesus' coming at Christmas, but then also Jesus' second coming when he comes again, when all of time will cease as he judges the world. So I just wanted to let you know of where we're at right now and then where we're headed in these next couple of weeks. All right, so for today, the readings seem a bit cryptic and it seem a little bit like doom and gloom, you know, especially such beautiful weather we have, celebrations of the Aggie rings. Maybe this is a little hint of how the football team did, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> no, they're still having an awesome season, so definitely love those guys and, and they're doing great. Texas, on the other hand, is another story. <laughs> All right, so uh, what's happening here in our Gospels with this message of what seems like doom and gloom, you know? First, we look at Mark chapter 13 as a whole. So we've been going in year B of Mark's Gospel. So we're in chapter 13, which as a whole, chapter 13 is looking at Jesus' discourse on the Mount of Olives. And we're getting a glimpse, just one section of this chapter today in our Gospel. So the discourse of Jesus... The Mount of Olives is about two distinct things, but also related events. So firstly, he's speaking about the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, 
And then he's also talking about his second coming at the end of the world. So those are the themes that we're looking at even today. So when we hear Jesus say in the gospel, in those days after that tribulation, the scripture scholars say that he's referring here to the desecration of the temple in Jerusalem. So like I said, unfortunately, we're only getting part of chapter 13 here. But if we look in our Bible right now, if you have it with you, if you look right before this excerpt we're getting in our lectionary, then we see and hear Jesus speak about wars happening and that people should flee from Jerusalem to go to the hills, which is helping us to allude that he's speaking about the temple when he's talking about these days of tribulation. Now, all those things clearly refer to this war and this destruction of the temple that happened in 70 AD. So what Jesus is saying is that leading up to the destruction of the temple, there's going to be a time of tribulation and war. And we know by looking back at history that that's exactly what happened. You know, the Romans came in and they destroyed the temple. There's great suffering and death. They say almost a million Jews were killed when the Romans came in and sacked Jerusalem. So in our gospel, Jesus also says that the destruction of the temple would take place within the current generation. You know, this prophecy also coming true of Jesus dies around the year 30 AD and then the temple is destroyed in 70 AD. So that's only 40 years later, which would still be the current generation being around when that happened. Now, my friends, in a parallel to the destruction of the temple, Jesus also says that the world is going to end at some point when he comes back to judge the earth, that he will judge each one of us, separate the goats from the sheep. And then there will be uh, two places that we could go, technically three, of purgatory in heaven or to hell. In the time when this happens, we don't know the day nor the hour, and Jesus reminds us of that in the gospel. So we have to be prepared. We have to be alert for when he comes again, whether it's during one of our exams, whether it's we're having coffee with our roommates, or maybe it will already pass from this world when it happens. So Jesus gives us hints for the Jews, particularly when the temple will be destroyed, but he says that he does not know when he will come again to judge the earth. Jesus says at the end of the gospel... But of that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. So if we take a step back, if we think about our faith, we might be like, what's going on here? If Jesus is truly God, then how can he say he doesn't know something? Is he only a prophet? How can Jesus not know the day or the hour when he's going to come back to judge the earth if he is the divine Son of God? All right, so first off, we have a quick tutorial of this truth or doctrine to know about who Jesus is, who is our Savior. So we'll be looking at a little bit of theology here. So we know that Jesus is one person, but he has two natures. He's fully divine and he's fully human. We call this the hypostatic union. So hypo meaning under and then static referring to substance. So the underlying substance of who Jesus is, is fully God and fully man. You know, Jesus isn't 50% divine and then 50% human. No, he's fully divine and fully human. You know, we had those two weddings here yesterday. We could use the image of a man and a woman becoming one flesh on their wedding day. You know, it's not 50% of the man and 50% of the woman that become one flesh, but the entire woman and the entire man that become one flesh through the marriage bond. So this can be an image to help us to understand more about Jesus' divinity and his humanity. Now another beautiful image for us happens at every single Mass. 
So when the priest, when you see him add a little bit of water to the chalice and he whispers some words, the words that he's actually praying, and this happens during the offertory when the family or the students are bringing up the gifts to the altar, he says, by the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. May we come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Now, this mixing of the water and wine also symbolizes Christ's two natures, his humanity and his divinity. All right, so if Jesus is fully God and fully man, then is it possible for him to be limited in his knowledge? If God is all-knowing, then what is Jesus saying here that he doesn't know when he's going to come again? When Jesus says he doesn't know the day nor the hour, what he means is that he doesn't know it from his human nature. That he doesn't, didn't know it as a man. So he's making this distinction of the human nature of Christ and the divine nature of Christ. So if you remember in the Gospel of Luke, and I think we'll be hearing this coming up in Advent, in chapter 2 we hear that Jesus grew in wisdom and understanding and favor with God and men. So we know the truth, it's not possible for God to change, to grow in knowledge because he's perfect. He's being himself. Being God means that he's not able to change. He is, he always is, and always will be, and always was. So therefore, in Jesus' divine nature, he knows all things. But in his humanity, Jesus does grow. Just like his body grows, his human intellect grows in wisdom and understanding. So what Jesus is saying is, although he doesn't know from his human nature of when he'll come again, which is limited and finite, he does know from his divine nature. We might be like, well, why doesn't he share it with the people? Why doesn't he tell us when that will be? And it's also because he's obedient to the Father's will, that the Father did not meet him to reveal the day nor the hour to his disciples or to each of us. All right, I think we got through that a little bit, hopefully with not too scrapes or bruises through some of that theology. But my friends, in the midst of the excitement of this Aggie Ring celebration, the continued changing weather, the Longhorns losing to Canada's on their home turf, I had to throw it in there in the homily. You know, it's good humility for them to have that said. <laughs> it's the beautiful thing about being an Aggie. Even though when we lose, we can find consolation when the Longhorns lose too. So. <laughs> So in the midst of all of this happening, my friends, some of you who maybe are feeling the weight of the semester, you're feeling the tiredness, you're feeling the exams, maybe a little bit of heightened stress and anxiety, what Holy Mother Church is asking us to do is to start looking towards Advent. Similar to Lent, Advent is a time of preparation. You know, it's not just a time for buying those gifts or getting our C up to a B or a B to an A as the classes are beginning to end this semester. But over the next two weeks, my friends, let's look to our faith. Let's look to God to see how he wants us to prepare for his coming at Christmas and when he comes again to judge the world. You know, sometimes with Advent and Lent, we do not give them a thought until they actually arrive. And then it takes two or three weeks for us to think about what we're going to do for those seasons. And then all of a sudden they're over again. So my friends, a little pro tip for us now is that now is the time that we can start looking towards this beautiful season of preparation. Now is the time to allow God and Holy Mother Church and her wisdom to tell us, her children, to wake up 
But now is the time to re-examine our lives, to take a step back from all the noise, all the busyness, and to see how we can grow closer to God. You know, so start asking yourself in times of prayer this week, you know, what does God desire for me to do as we begin this new liturgical year and this time of preparation that's coming with Advent? How does he want me to draw closer to him in my times of prayer, of coming to him in the sacraments of maybe daily mass or coming to confession if I haven't been in a while? You know, maybe there's a certain sin he's wanting me to look at. Maybe he's wanting me to slow down and get enough sleep and rest and exercise in the midst of the craziness of college life. Maybe he's wanting us to just take some silence to get away from the noise that blocks his voice to our hearts. My brothers and sisters, the church is a mother. You know, she cares for her children. She nurtures, nurtures her children with the sacraments. She wants good things for us and wants to help us remain closer to her spouse, Jesus Christ. So when we hear of the scary things, maybe, that the end times and, and it brings us possible fear or anxiety, yes, be alert, be prepared, and keep watch. But if we stay in the arms of the church, we keep coming to Mass every single Sunday that's so that Holy Mother Church can notify us of these changing of the seasons and give us little wake-up calls, if we keep journeying with the Lord in our relationship with Him each and every day, then the church and our relationship with Christ will help us sail from this life into the next. And then we don't have to have fear. We can have confidence that we have a Savior who desires for us to spend eternal life with Him, to journey with Him now into eternal life. Learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that the summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, know that He is near at the gates. Amen, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Thank you for listening to Aggie Catholic Homilies. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Aggie Catholic Talks, to hear talks from Magnify, Catholicism 101, and more. Thanks, God bless, and gig'em.